This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. You still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Ready, set, go. You're supposed to go. I know, why is that go? I didn't mean fucking fondle your microphone, though. Me? I don't know, whoever's making the noise. Hey. My microphone is <laughs> fixed to my desk because I have a true podcast setup where I have four mic screens <laughs> all surrounding you with their warm glow of Tom Brady pictures. All right. Welcome to the Pagers Dynasty Podcast. And for those of you who've been listening all the way through, welcome back. We are week five of the 2002 NFL season. The Patriots have traveled to Miami. To visit the three and one Dolphins. Patriots also three and one, um, but not for long for either of these teams. Let's talk about these fucking Miami fucking Dolphins, shall we? Well, wait. I want to acknowledge a mistake you made there. You said they're both three and one, but not Going for long. This. That's yeah, true. By 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 de facto that they're playing the game. Right. They're not gonna be three and one. That's what I was meaning. Oh. They're both going to have a different record at the end of this game. Yeah, at the end of this podcast, <laughs> you will find out what those records are. Okay. All right. Yeah. Or we can ruin it now and let you know that um, the New England Patriots would lose this game. They get doubled up by a score of 26 to 13. This is like the at, longest losing streak of our dynasty. So clearly they lost. So far it is. Way to ruin that, Steve. What? Everyone knows this period is when the Patriots lost the most games in a row. It's true. Have you, have you learned how many games it is yet? No. Don't tell me how okay. I want to be surprised when we win a game. <laughs> All I right. know yeah. that we're, we're going to lose a bunch. But I don't know how many. I don't remember how long the streak lasted. Do you have, a, do you have like a ballpark in your mind what you think it's going to be? Good question. Uh, I think I, or we ended up 9-7, and seven, right? I think in, so, yeah. I don't know if we were eight and eight, right? We were nine and seven, I think. Nine, nine and seven, seven, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna say five games. Okay, let's see how that turns out. Four to five. Right. And let's do our Lombardi rating. Oh right, yeah. Uh, the the watchability of this. Um, One to six Lombardis. Greg, how many how many Lombardis would you give this game? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the highlights. Let's they see. had they had the. Uh, primetime highlights on YouTube. Yep. So, so that's already one. Yes. By default. And that's all I watch. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm on the scale of like not on YouTube to primetime on YouTube. So I'll go, I'll give it a three, three Lombardies. All right. Fair enough. I watched this whole game and I give it negative one Lombardi. <laughs> Dude, you can't do that. I don't think we can do negative. So well, and there's zero, zero Lombardis. This game was atrocious. I would give it one Lombardi just because of the touchdown catches that happened for the Patriots in this game. They were pretty sick. Two good plays in the entire game. Yeah, and there was a stat where... The Patriots had two scoring drives, right? And uh, two drives of five or more plays in the whole game. And those are the two scoring drives. First half. (laughs) All right, all right. Pump the brakes. 
We haven't actually talked about these fucking Miami fucking Dolphins yet. But if that's not a zero Lombardi game, I don't know what is. I can think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> it wasn't entertaining, though. I, was I can like, think of a couple off the top of my head. <laughs> you just watch so, those. Yeah. Uh, what are they, Andy? Uh, the 07 Super Bowl. <laughs> Lombardi's, and yeah. then um, the loss to the Jets in the playoffs. That's oh. as close. I'm going to get to negative. I was, yeah, I was at that game. It was brutal. At least the 07 Super Bowl was at least like close, and you know you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, but it's just the way it ended, bud. That that negates anything that happened beforehand for me. We'll we get to that. About how the yeah. Patriots never get blown out, but they got a whoop in here. They lost by 13 points. It's not exactly a blowout, but it's actually time. less than they lost to Miami last year. I didn't watch that. 30 game. to 10, right. That was a me and Mike game, and that was one where he said, I think that was also a zero Lombardi game. Yes. Never watch that again. And, that'd be and that was in Miami as well, right? Yeah. Um, so let's actually touch on that real quick because I remember the Patriots not playing well in Miami. I didn't realize how bad it actually was. Really? Like, well, I knew it was pretty well documented. Yeah. I mean, yes and no, but I I feel like the, the, the edges have kind of been taken off of that in the, in the dynasty era. Have they? To a certain extent. I mean, it's still a hard place to play, but it's, it wasn't the nightmare that I think you are underestimating. It used to be. Because the Patriots, uh, uh, it's since since Belichick took over, the Patriots are nine and eleven, which you know feels like a travesty in of itself. Um, it, uh, against the Dolphins in Miami, right? Yeah, which is terrible compared to their like yeah. average, you know, win percentage. Um, I have. Do you know what they were before Belichick took over, though? Yeah, but that they're consistent with how they were normally playing. Like it's an aberration. That's why it's so crazy that they're. Uh, yeah. They were seven and twenty-seven. They were four and twenty-five, actually. <laughs> okay, so what's the disparity between their total win percentage over that time and then the disparity between in under Belichick? So I just, I just want to, want to just pause this moment right now because I don't think what Greg realized what he's done is that he, the stat checker, has given himself a stat to check. <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> I've been listening to that podcast he sent me. Oh, Stat, yeah. Stats over storylines, baby. It's great, isn't it? Shout him out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not buying these storylines anymore, Andy. Check the goddamn <laughs> numbers, all right? I'm telling you numbers. The Patriots... Uh, from uh, whatever the uh, pro football reference start is the uh, like the Super Bowl era, right back in the seventy, was it seventy or seventy two? Okay. From when they started playing the Dolphins, they were their their first win from nineteen seventy came against the Dolphins in Miami. Anybody want to guess the year that it came? Nineteen seventy. No. Uh, Eighty three. No. Further or after you were born? Uh, it was just after. Wow, I was two. It was 1985. They started 0 and 16 at Miami before getting their first win. Oh, Oof. yeah. They're at the longest win streak the Pages have had in my like playing in Miami. Three games 
That's not very good. 2010 to 2012. Like this is, it's a house of horrors. So I kind of almost want to write to the stats and storylines guy, stats over storylines guys, and say, do, does Miami as a, as a home stadium, is it more of a home field advantage than these other like so-called home field advantages like Denver no. and Kansas City? I would say not be. In terms of like how, how many more games they win at home than they do away, because Dolphins are terrible away. You yeah, think so? but- I think that's just a Patriots thing. Maybe. And it's also a like September thing. Like this game is pretty early in the year and they're talking about how hot it is and the dark jerseys and all that. That's always been that. Like the early season Patriots games, remember that Patriots Dolphins game we went to as a family? Yep. Early in the year. It was pretty hot as shit. It was so hot I'd take my shirt off. (laughs) Yeah, that's why you did it. Yeah, the Patriots at home against the Dolphins, 16 and 4. Like, that's a ridiculous disparity. 16 and 4? Yeah. As opposed to 9 and 11 in Miami. So, Dolphins 56, Patriots 53. Yeah, so basically, Miami only wins when they play at home, and the Patriots only win when they play at home. It's crazy. So, what is it, Andy, for before Belichick at home? I, I don't have those numbers right now. I said it was, they were 4-25. and 25. Were, Yeah, 4-25 and 25 in Miami. <sighs> okay. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes, but I'm running those All numbers because right. I want right. to know. Yeah, so do I. Because my, my, feel, my gut feeling is this is like somewhat of just like a weird anomaly. Like, yeah, there's the heat element. I think it's just one of those weird th- like the the hail the fail Mary or the Hail Mary play, right? Where yeah. Gronk could that's just like a weird thing. That's true. You know, it's got nothing to do with like where you know they didn't play well enough year. to Yeah. Yeah. It was just like a weird one of those um Ryan Fitzpatrick games. Yeah. yeah the game that we okay. went to, the they had four chances from like the ten yard line to punch it in, they didn't. Remember? Yep. Yeah. So the moral of the story, it's like a Bermuda Triangle, you know? There's yes. no explanation. Yeah. A it's, Miami Triangle, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think it's, I mean, over the at least the Patriots dynasty, it's been pretty clear. It's been two stadiums where they struggle. It's on the road to Miami early in the year, and it's at mile high. Yep. Which one's worse, do you think? Um, worse in, in which way? Which one kept Brady up later at night? Oh, mile high. That's a good question. Yeah, because I feel like the mile high games were more. The stakes were higher, and you didn't play them as often. Yeah. Yeah, because three of those losses came in the in the playoffs. Two came in overtime. They were five and seven in mile high. I bet early in the year though, like like early in Brady's career, it's probably the Dolphins though. Oh, yeah, they had his number like nothing else. Sure. All right, you want to hear true home field advantage statistics? Okay. For all 32 NFL teams. I do. The best, the Baltimore Ravens. Really? What? 
I think this goes back to Cleveland, though, because they're looking at. I was just going to ask if that population yeah. of like 400 games, so that's got to be before they move to Baltimore. I think so. so. The Bills are second. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> gotta love it. Vikings, Niners, uh, Dolphins are like middle of the pack. Hmm. Where, are the, where are the Broncos? They're like no one's like where's Broncos Seattle? Seventh, Seattle's maybe. Seahawks are universally regarded as the 12th man and all that shit. Right. They're like 10th. And what what are these numbers based on? Oh, I don't look at Band those things, voting. Andy. I just see a, it, I see a table in the article and I just go <laughs> right there. The words, fuck them. <laughs> so I assume it's probably like like win percentage at home. We surveyed 10 things. <laughs> it's, it looks like it's using home and away scoring margins. Uh, okay, I mean, I don't know. I where's the where's Gillette? It's not stadium specific, Steve. I think that's where you're getting hung up. Like Seattle right now is because of their stadium, but if you're looking at 400 games, then right, you're talking about like the whole lifetime of the franchise. And they were pretty terrible early on. I don't really see the Patriots. Wait, no, are. Games is about what we're trying to tackle here, right? How many games is this podcast supposed to be? If we went all the way up to the end of Oh, that's a great question. Um, it is 361 games. Yeah. Right. So we're, I don't know. We're probably one of the older half of the stadiums now in the league. Would you say that? I would say. Yeah, because it was built in, what, 2001? Yeah. So 20 years ago. That's pretty old for a stadium. Yeah. Speaking of stadiums, though, um, I I still have a problem and it wasn't even here in this game but i have a problem with the teams that share stadiums with baseball teams <laughs> you don't like, like that <laughs> like, what is, it? is that for like poor people like are we are we sharing like, they couldn't afford their own stadium like this is the nfl poor we're people. talking about here poor people yes Indians well it's that. yeah the <laughs> cities are paying for it the, well that's true <laughs> Miami's got a shit ton of money, though. I know. You know what? I always like built the Marlins like their third stadium in ten years. Yeah, and no one goes to those games. Exactly. I used to always like watch those games and just, you know how like when you watch that that old screensaver and hope it hits the corner. Yeah, yeah. I used to always hope that I'd see someone like running on football field at quarterback and then slide, and like. (laughs) have it time up so they were sliding into like a second base <laughs> i was like just once in my life i want to see that time up correctly that would have been a great celebration though like if you score a touchdown because the home plate had to be like towards a corner of the end zone right no ish it, and it's like way off the field i feel i don't know i mean it's, it's, it's got the football field still be in the outfield with like a portion of like the second base part of the dirt coming in like near the 50 yard line it wasn't it was like 30 yard line but still i think i don't know um and how do they not just put sod on that like i'm sure there's a real reason but they could turn an nba stadium into an nhl stadium in like two hours well i mean grass grass is alive for one yeah and just put it just laying it down it's just gonna slide all over the place oh you want to talk about growing grass do you (laughs) our episode let's go (laughs) here we go um, well, you see what the uh, the new Raider Stadium is doing? No, no. They ha- they have a like a that fake turf stuff oh, for right. the University of Nevada who are playing on it, and then 
on top of it is sitting like a huge slab of real grass that they can put on rollers and roll outside the stadium. Oh, like they have in yeah. Arizona. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cardinals do that, right? Yeah. yeah. For no fucking reason though. Like, dude, why, why not just not have a roof? Problem solved. Well, then you get everyone inside gets hot and sweaty during the game. It's Arizona. It's, it's not sweaty. It's, it's a dry heat. That's <laughs> everybody ever has said. Oh, you're going to Arizona, huh? Heard it's hot there. Dry heat. Oh, it's a dry heat, though. You'll yeah. be all right. Yeah. It's like one <laughs> thing in the shade, but it's a dry heat. Yeah, that's like <laughs> yeah. that's work talk that I cannot stand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know anything about your personality, but here's a fact I know about the heat in fucking Arizona. <laughs> oh, did you uh, see Ryan Fitzpatrick on the football field? He went to Harvard. Yeah, <laughs> Antonio Gates. I think he played basketball. So apparently, the there's something about that too about the um, the heat in Nevada. They're talking. They have like this like glass like material, I guess, that lets in sunshine but keeps out heat somehow. Yeah, it's called glass. <laughs> you know, but the, it's, it's how the double pane windows work. Andy, the heat transition. <laughs> You, don't talk to me about heat transition coefficients, all right? <laughs> I, stu- I studied chemical engineering in college. <laughs> all right? How much do you use that on a daily basis? Absolutely not at all. <laughs> as much as I use my communication. Degree. I could barely spit it's those words website. out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's not glass. It's some like weird material. Right. It's kind of cool, though. Cool. Cool. Speaking of heat, though, uh, this game was played in 86 degree heat with, it was something like 80 something percent humidity. So it felt like, I think it was like the, the feel like temperature on the field was like 95. Um, and the commentators had this story about uh, Belichick putting garbage bags over the AC vents in the locker room because apparently Miami would crank the AC in the opposing team's locker room so that it felt, uh, the quote was, as cold as a meat locker in there, which would kind of slow the guys, the opposing team, in the second half because they didn't want to come back out into the, the heat from the cold. Mm. So Meat locker. Yeah, it is. I'm just saying, meat locker. <laughs> if you're going to have, like, that's a, that's a totally fair advantage, and the Patriots should cut off the heat in the visiting room locker room at Gillette Stadium. In December, can you imagine the pushback that would happen if they did that? That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, I also think that the home team should be able to control the PSI and footballs too. You know, where does it stop, Steve? Where does it stop? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. But I, will, I mean, what do you think is worse? Like Tom Brady's record when it's super duper hot out, and then it's like record when it's super duper cold out too, right? Because it's always been like just as much as they've struggled in the heat in Miami. People make a big deal of that. They make as equally a big deal as how awesome he is when it's like really fucking cold out. Uh, you can find those numbers on pagesdynasty.info. Really? Slash search slash Brady. Yeah. Um, Wait, you get temperature? temperature? Yeah. You can filter oh. game by temp? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's, it's the game search that has it right now. But yes, it will be added to the, uh, the Brady <laughs> search as well. So search slash games. Um, there's a temperature slider. And you can such figure a fucking out there. nerd, Andy percentage you can also do it by surface type the vegas line and the over under if you want as well 
for the month or whether it was a uh, overtime game or a game played after a bye. I didn't just head. fucking throw this together. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's only maybe half of them. You should, <laughs> you should like put if they beat the uh, the Vegas over under or not, and like the spread. I would love to like look at games that they didn't beat the spread because they've like crushed the spread historically, right? And the, well, in theory, you could do that. You could yeah. put uh, games that they weren't favored, and then whether or not they won or lost, because you can search, you can filter by game result. Well, they're, they're always favored. I yeah. think they're decent against the spread, but not like crazy. Because they're always favorites. Uh, yeah, they like are favorites a lot of the time. Yeah. Let's That's see. What they say. If you're going to be betting NFL, you have to go dogs. <laughs> you tell. Woof, woof, woof. They are 38 and 31 um, as underdogs. Uh, Patriots are 60% against the spread. Which is pretty okay. good. Over what time period? Tom Brady starts. This article is written in March 2019. That's pretty good. That's yeah. not bad. That is supposed to be 50-50, right? Theoretically. Theory. Yeah. All right, speaking of the Dolphins. I mean, we've avoided this game for 20 minutes now. Because... Yeah. I, <laughs> I will say there was one thing that stood out to me in this game. All right. Robert Edwards sighting. Yes. He was back? He was yeah, back. Right? As I understood it, Robert Edwards suffered that knee injury, which they talked about on this, where he tore three ligaments and nearly severed an artery and almost had to have his leg amputated playing uh, flag football on the beach in the Pro Bowl after his rookie yeah. year. Yep. Yeah. Where he had like 1,200 yards rushing, had like 12 TDs, and then he never yeah, played go. again. I have the. Uh, no, article. I remember him. I remember him coming back. Not last long. I never remember. I didn't remember him coming back. But no, yeah, he, didn't didn't. La- he didn't last long. But I think he played a couple years with the Dolphins here. He looked okay in this game. Yeah, he was a, kind of their third down back, which I feel like is almost how the Patriots used him in '99 too. Almost like the J.R. Redmond sort of thing. He wasn't like a bruiser. Uh, but he ran for a thousand yards, so maybe it was. I don't remember. Yeah, no, he was their number one back. He was their version of Tuan and Corey Dillon and all that. Yeah. Well, maybe not Corey Dillon. Let's pump the brakes. I just remember being so hyped because he was so good as a rookie, and I was like, we finally found like our guy. Dude, you know I, who I felt that about right after Curtis Martin too. Yeah, Andy, that too. <laughs> Andy Katzenmoyer. <laughs> Dude, yeah, okay. I have a I have a Robert Edwards jersey. You do? Uh huh. Do? Oh, I yeah. love the jersey. Yeah, Gujani gave it to me. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, as you do. They had it at the back side of the game. They were just like trying to fill time because it was such a blowout. Yeah. I don't know why I watched this whole game. I was stupid. But um, they had a thing where about because they're going deep on Robert Edwards and like how he had no ill will but, uh, against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, Robert Kraft had called him up personally and like talked to him about it and said, you know, this is not something like there's no hard feelings, but this is just like a business thing. And he totally yeah. understood it and like all that. I think so, RKK gets a lot of credit like nowadays, like all that, but it's cool. Like this has happened a couple of times where you look back and you see like it's not really it's something they've always been. It's been like a like a personality trait or a value, right? Mm, Only a mm-hmm. lot of owners calling him up like that. 
That's true, yeah. And you I mean, you don't really hear ex Patriots come out with negative stories about their time on the Patriots. Even people like, you know, Michael Bennett, who wasn't here for very long and wasn't particularly well utilized. And people thought, you know, he was gonna be a distraction, then he got traded and everything, and he had absolutely no bad bad words to say about it. There's some, but it's more about like how I was used or what I was asked to do or like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but there hasn't been any like Deion Lewis. And the locker room wasn't. Yeah, Deion Lewis is probably the closest you can get. Dude, Gronk retired just to get away from the Patriots. Did he though? Or did he retire just to get away from football? I, t- I don't know. It seems awfully coincidental that soon as Brady left, he's suddenly unretired. Maybe. He I, said I mean, that wasn't the reason, but. Yeah, but we're also allowing that, uh, weed this year too. To not that be, Reggie Wayne uh, thing that came out. <laughs> you think it's weed? Oh, well, yeah, all he's doing is pumping fucking CBD companies now, so. That's not weed, Andy. I understand that, but it'll still pop you for a test, though, won't it? Have you ever even smoked doobies? Yes, you made me do it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, oh, this is a great story, Ty. I have not heard this story. Oh, no. Uh, Father's Day, what was it, like five, oh, six years ago? Yeah. When <laughs> we were all drinking out in Portland, Maine. Yep. And then, like halfway through the drinking session, Kelly was like, "Oh yeah, I have these uh, hash brownies. There were cookies, and yeah, and we're like, oh, we'll give some to my dad because he's like yeah. a deadhead. So it's like, yeah, we'll give some to him as a present, not expecting him to like just eat it right then and there. <laughs> but we're like, here, Happy Father's Day. He just like pops one in his mouth, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> I guess I guess we're all jumping on this train. <laughs> yep. And then Andy took one. Who and Andy claimed that he doesn't weed doesn't affect him. <laughs> Which spoiler alert turned out not to be true. <laughs> and then like me, Andy, Dad, and Kelly, my wife, were all super stoned walking around Portland. And then my mom showed up and at first we didn't tell her. <laughs> Which I don't know why we didn't, probably because we we're like high and paranoid. But we were acting so strange that eventually she's like, what is going on with you guys? And I was like, Kelly drugged us. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Oh, you think that's the end of the story? Well, I don't know how much you want to divulge, Andy. <laughs> oh, no. Let's, I mean, we're here now, right? May as well. Okay. All right. Well, so, let's just go. finish the story then. So, so we're all... Yeah. So tell the way I remember this was I remember that part, but I remember that we didn't actually eat lunch because there was no food in the, in the condo because, you know, dad was there and he doesn't fucking do that sort of thing. So the cookies were lunch. And so I, I think I probably had more than one which was a bad decision looking back on it now. Um, And, you know, it felt fine all the way through. And then we were sitting at the the bar underneath the condo because it's it's the top floor of a a hotel. And so the hotel bar there and where I was eating a a burger and I just like, I felt all the, the color drain from my face. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's probably not good. So (laughs) I have mom walk me back to, wait, 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 wait. Sorry to interrupt, but (laughs) I remember this, so distinctly you like like nudged my arm and you looked at me and you go i'm faded 
It's like someone's got to get Andy out of here. Yep. That feels all right. Because all I remember is that it was a burger with one of those um, pretzel buns. I'm like, this is going to be so good. And I was so like torn about whether or not I should leave it. But I realized I had to because I was fading fast. So the walk was like maybe 100 yards, not even, maybe 50 yards. And so we get in the elevator. And the next thing, just me and mom, we get in the elevator. She's taking me back to the, the condo. And the next thing I remember is waking up, sitting down on the floor of the elevator with mom very worriedly looking at me, asking me if I'm okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? It's like, because you passed out and hit your head on the, the side of the elevator and sat down. Like, oh, I feel okay. And then I went to the, uh, we got back to the condo without any more issues. And I immediately threw up and felt perfectly fine. Dad threw up too. Yeah. <laughs> I think dad also had more than one cookie. Yeah. I think it was also lunch well, for him as well. And to put this in perspective, our mom is like five, five, like 120 five, pounds. Yeah. She's yeah. tiny. Yeah. And meanwhile, Andy's like six, two. And, just, yeah. and she doesn't know that he's eating a weed cookie, right? So that she has no idea what's yeah. wrong with him. <laughs> She was so scared. I blame Kelly. I'm like, Kelly gave me drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, so dad had a similar experience where he had to go up to the room early and he puked and went to bed early. Yeah. And Kelly was all sketched out because this was like early in our relationship. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, your parents are going to hate me, this and that. And then we woke up the next day and and dad was like, that was the best Father's Day ever. <laughs> it's like, dude, you puked. <laughs> <laughs> good lord that's how the idea for this podcast was born <laughs> um so speaking of devastating injuries uh i found an article talking about uh robert edwards and what actually happened to his knee and this is the quote in a single moment without warning Ed- edwards has dislocated his knee while diving to knock down a pass that afternoon Dislocation, however, doesn't come close to explain the carnage that occurred. Edwards' anterior cruciate, posterior cruciate, and medial collateral ligaments were all completely torn. A fourth ligament was nearly shredded. In addition, he suffered severe nerve damage and a severed artery that had to be repaired immediately. One doctor said it looked as though Edwards' knee had been hit by a hand grenade. That's what I don't understand is like, it's sand. You think like to get a crazy terror like that it would have to be like a hard impact shouldn't sand be less of an impact that's yeah but it i mean it all the worst ones always seem to be non-contact injuries like remember wes walker uh, yeah maybe it's like an angle thing like if you come at a weird angle on the sand well, i think it's yeah, like if your I, foot gets stuck and the rest of yeah. your body and all your weight goes the other way and i could see that maybe in sand yeah because um edelman had the same thing remember in the in the preseason against the the lions yeah. He just caught the ball, his leg landed wrong, and just popped. Everything goes. That was so disappointing. Oh, yeah. Gives me the heebie-jeebies oh, as, yeah. a, as, a, as a person with knee problems. Yep. Same here. Well, can I, can I transition from the weed story to my weed stories? I wish you would. All right. Ricky Williams. this is the the player that we're deep diving into that feels appropriate the recently traded for right they traded for him they did 
from the New Orleans Saints. So this is his first season in Miami. So fourth game. So I think, well, there's one really interesting thing that I did deep dive on, like his initial contract that he signed his rookie year. Um, Okay. So maybe I'll I'll go over that first and then we can kind of talk about general things about him after. Yeah. yeah. So 1999, he was a fifth overall pick by the Saints. He just just won the Heisman at Texas. He was putting up like crazy numbers there, like record-setting, you know, yardage, touchdowns, all that crap. Mm. So when he got drafted, he's always been a bit out there dude anyways, but the whole like rap and – sports scene was kind of merging right right so you had a lot of like those guys hanging out with each other and like you know they always say like every rapper wants to be an athlete and every athlete wants to be a rapper Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like the crossing of those cultures so there was a new um sports agency in town in new orleans called no limit sports and this is uh the brainchild of Master P, the entrepreneur. So he had a record label that he like was turning into a sports agency. Basically like a, the original idea of Jay-Z's like Rock Nation sports, right? Yeah. Okay. So up to this point, it was kind of just like NBA stars. So uh, Ron Mercer, Jason Terry, remember Ricky Davis from the Celtics? Yeah. Yep. The guy that infamously shot at his own hoop to get one more rebound for a triple double. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a legend. He's very much kind of like uh, Ricky Williams. Did he actually get it? Yes. The triple yeah, double. Yeah. Nice. I, I, yeah, I don't know it. if they gave him the stat though. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Because if he did, it's fucking worth it. Yeah. It's just so like blatantly fuck it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there, this is like a new agency, right? They don't really have much experience on the staff, but it's, uh, yeah, they're trying to, they're basically trying to like stop getting screwed over by these crusty old white guys that kind of control the sport. Right. So it's like a good idea in theory, which I think Jay-Z is kind of like figuring out himself. So in his rookie contract, what they ended up doing was, this is actually Ricky wanted it this way where there's, he wanted like as much money as he could get up front. And then basically everything beyond that was incentive based. So he signs a $8.8 million signing bonus yeah. and then the league minimum salary based shit for five years. Wow. Uh, and then the incentives are, worth up to $68 million over the life of the contract. Damn. All right. However, <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> these incentives were just fucking ridiculous. Some, some say it's like the worst contract ever. I'll just give For you some. So, right. So yeah, there's give, like, give me some. This th- there was three types of bonuses he could get. So the first one was like rushing yards bonus. Yeah. Um, and it would give him like, one to three million dollars based on like tiered yardage so per season but it started at 1600 yards oh and then the three million was for like if he sets the rushing record so basically it's like he has to set the rushing record every year of his contract to get that full 68 right yeah (laughs) so So, he he only hits that once in his career yeah this year 2002 
1,853 yards. Mm. Yep. And then there was like the next bonus category was like all these, like there was like 40 different uh, just weird things, you know, like, oh, you got to be in this percentage of snaps, blah, blah, blah. But then some of them started getting ridiculous, like NFL MVP, Super Bowl MVP. One of them was 12 plus receiving touchdowns. (laughs) <laughs> which which I guess no running back has ever done. <laughs> it's like, it's I, like, I think the list of uh, wide receivers that have done it in a season is probably not that long either. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great wide receiver year this year. Yeah. Right. So then the other one I think is the most interesting was over after the fourth season, if he had like, 6,413 yards rushing, 7574 total, 4.8 yards of carry, 366 points. They're all like these kind of like obscure numbers. And then people looked into it, and basically it was the Terrell Davis bonus. So those were the exact numbers that Terrell Davis had put in, or he had put up for his first four seasons. So the bonus was basically <laughs> if you hit three of these four, you get that full bonus. <laughs> Jesus. But how long was he on that contract, right? Because he was on the Saints for that that long. I think he did three years at the Saints. I think it was a five-year contract, if I'm not mistaken. He did three years with the Saints. One, two, three, four. Oh, he did seven years with Miami and then one with Baltimore to finish it up. But like the seven years in Miami were probably like one or two of those. At least he was out smoking weed in Tibet. Mm. So, so you want to hear seven how many were the seven he played, but he skipped 2004, missed season, retired, and 2006, missed season, violation of league substance abuse policy. So, yes, you're right. He was yeah. tired to go smoke weed. Missed a couple hey, seasons. No, I, all right. So let's get into this then. I, I love Ricky Williams. I'm just going to say it right now. All right. (laughs) Dude, he's been completely unfairly maligned in the press. He didn't quit quit football to smoke weed. He quit football because his body was deteriorating and he didn't want to play anymore. And then he smoked weed. I would agree with you (laughs) if you hadn't come back for one, two, three, four, five years of playing after he retired twice. I thought it was more like a Dave Chappelle situation where he was like, this is all a bunch of like corporate ass bullshit. Like I'm just going to be out. Well, so I watched uh, football life, Ricky Williams. Mm. And it was basically like, he was a workhorse in Miami. Yeah. And then they had told him that they were going to like revamp the offense, get a good quarterback. And they just didn't do that. And he's like, all right, I'm already beat up. And now, I'm clearly going to get a ton of carries and just get even more beat up. And he's always been a bit of a, like a eccentric guy. And he's like, all right, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. I mean, Which I, I kind of, res- I kind of respect that. You know? Yeah. And even just watching this game, like he, he wasn't a shifty guy. He wasn't a priest Holmes or a Danny Thompson. He was a bruiser. Yeah. And he, even in this game, he took some shots that I don't think I would have gotten up from. And he took a bunch of them. So I, I completely understand and agree with that decision. I heard someone say that like it was a Doug Stanhope stand up about it and he's like 
He's like, all he, all he's really doing is what like normal people do. You always talk about if you win the lottery, what do you do? You quit your job, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> you got an $8.8 million signing bonus and he quit his job. <laughs> you got to kind of respect him for it. Yeah. No, I'm a hundred percent behind that. <laughs> I never, I never disliked Ricky Williams. I always thought he was. No. And he's You're actually like dude. pretty insightful guy too. So he's not like, yeah, he was, uh, he was a honor roll student all the way through school. Like all these coaches, like Mike, uh, Mike Dick, uh, Saban, Parcells, all those guys absolutely love him and like mm-hmm. vouch for him and stuff like that. Cause he's like, he's a thoughtful dude, right? He's kind of like an Arian Foster where he's, he's not just a football player who comes and plays football. And I think in this time era, like that was kind of frowned upon where now people yeah. are starting to come more around to it being like, all right, thoughtful players. It's like kind of a good thing. Yeah, so I think he kind of got like dragged through the mud a little bit. Cause everyone was like, Oh, what a dope. He gave up all his money and he's quitting and putting and smoking weed. But I think he was actually like a really thoughtful dude. If you listen to him and like tried to yeah. understand his perspective. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think um, the one thing you missed was his draft day. Did you look at this at all? No, I don't think I... It was bananas. So, uh, and also his... Um, you touched on it a bit. He did win the Heisman. And his college stats, I'll just read them to you real quick. First year, he ran for 990 yards, eight touchdowns. Second year, 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. Third year... 1,800 yards, 25 touchdowns. Fourth year, which I'm assuming is the one he won the Heisman, 2,124 yards and 27 touchdowns. My God. Ridiculous. So and that first year, like, he carries with Priest Holmes, right? Maybe. We touched on this in the KC episode. Because they, they were at Texas at the same time. Oh, that's right. They were, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then maybe. God, it's that's a hell worse. of a backfield. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, college football for you. Yeah. So in, in that last season, 98, he set the NCAA record for rushing yards and won the Heisman. Is that still standing? No. It got, it got broken the year after by Ron Dane. <laughs> Ron Dane of all people. Yeah. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. Um, so, it, uh, so he was like the highly touted running back coming out of the draft like um what's his name for the the giants this uh, Sa- saquon bar yeah yeah exactly um so he was like the saquon of the draft and um mike dicker was the head coach of the saints at the time oh i know yeah i did read about this yeah and so they decided that they really wanted ricky williams so they were going to trade up to get him and so they traded with the washington redskins and um, the Washington Redskins traded the fifth overall pick that uh, the Saints would use to pick Ricky Williams. The Saints traded, and give me a minute here, the 12th overall pick, which was later traded to Chicago, where they selected K. McNabb, the 71st overall pick in this draft, the, ni- the 107th overall pick, which is, uh, those are third and fourth round picks, their fifth round pick, which is 144th overall, their sixth round pick, which is 179 overall, and their seventh round pick, which is 218th overall. So literally all but their second round pick, which I don't even know if they had. And 
their 2000, the year after, first round pick, which ended up being second overall, and their third round pick, which ended up being 64th overall. Who was the first round pick in that draft? LeVar Arrington. See? Yeah. Solid. Yeah. He's he's a bum. I'll give you the names of the people that were drafted that weren't Ricky Williams. Cade McNown, Dwayne Bates, Nate Stimson, Karee Samuel, Desmond Clark, Billy Miller, LeVar Arrington, Lloyd Harrison. Who won that trade? <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I might well, go with the Saints. Three years. Uh, and then they fired Dick a year later. They're like, yeah. bro, what are you doing? You're not winning games. <laughs> so, and uh, you may think that that's the best part of this, but actually the best part was the ESPN magazine cover. Oh, yeah. So here's the quote from Wikipedia. <laughs> After the trade, Dicka and Williams appeared on the cover of the August 9th, 1999 issue of ESPN the magazine, dressed as a bride and groom. Dicka agreed to the photo shoot as long as he wasn't wearing the wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have a mustache on your bride. Dude, the, the picture is phenomenal. Uh, dude, he's the thickest bride ever. <laughs> that dude... Yeah, I saw him interviewed about that too. He was so funny. Really? He's like, "Oh, I had no idea it'd be a big deal." He's like, "I just thought it'd be funny." <laughs> and then they and they cut they do a cut to like all these fans like screaming at him like, "Put the dress back on!" <laughs> well, welcome to the NFL, Ricky. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, uh, speaking of his his really thick arms. Um, Tying it back to this football game that we were supposed to be talking about. Oh, no, I don't want to go back to the football game. No, but th- no. this one's good, I promise. Uh, okay. The commentators on Ricky Williams' fumble blamed it on the fact that he has a hard time tucking the football in because his arms are too muscular. It makes sense. That's why Shaq can't shoot free throws. Yeah, he just couldn't tuck it Hands well too enough. Big. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't work out. Better ball security. Yeah, me too. And free, free, free throw percentage. <laughs> what is your free throw percentage? Dude, I'm a sick free throw shooter. It's fucking zero. Nah, dude. I consistently shoot in the 80s. Uh-huh. In my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On your nerf hoop. I've probably only ever taken like 15 to 20 in real life. I looked up the uh, gonna say. college football rushing leaders in a single season. Oh, yeah. You were wrong, Greg. Ron Dane is 17th. Oh, Wikipedia was wrong. Ricky Williams is... Single season or career? Single season. Yeah, we're talking about career. Well, no, the, the uh, Ricky Williams, he set the, the single season. That was 15. Oh, all right. I thought... 2,100 yards. I think he has the most career, though, yeah. at the time. Any, any guesses at number one and two? Well, where is Ricky Williams? Is he third? 15. 15th? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Barry Sanders is probably up there. That's what I was thinking, State. but he would have been before. No, nope, Barry Sanders is number one still. 26, 28. <laughs> All right. 26, 28, Well, Barry Sanders came out, so how did he set the record? I don't know. Saying. Maybe it was for total. I, uh, Wikipedia failing us right now. And yeah, the, it, was, it was probably total, Andy. Must have been, yeah. 
Number two is like 60 yards behind him, and he's an what? active player. He's an active he player? Him. Yeah, he just got uh, Oh, Kareem Hunt. Nope. New deal. Peterson. Nope. It's not someone uh, you think of. Is it, uh, is it a power five? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what power five is, but it's a big school. <laughs> James White. Nope. He did like, he literally just signed a new deal with a new team this year. What was the school? school? Wisconsin. Oh, the dude that just got drafted. Nope. No, he just signed a new deal with a new team. He held out recently as well. Oh, um, oh, God damn it. The guy used to play for the Vikings? Nope. Oh, fuck. Um, I don't know. Who is it? Melvin Gordon. No shit. Twenty-five, eighty-seven in 2014. Wow. Wait, really? wasn't he on the same team as James White? That was Constantine? No. That might I think be. It's yeah. I might be making that up. Uh, I'm not a college football guy. I'll Lindale. pay attention when on the pages. <laughs> Reggie Bush. Landale White. All right, so, so favorites. Okay. Um, do we want to do? Do we have any other thing worth talking about in this game? This game was awful. I only took like it was ten good. notes. I didn't watch it. We know. First start for Jarvis <laughs> Green. I guess that was cool. All right. Uh, well, how about you give me your best and worst? Uh. Can you give me a best? Can you give me yeah. a best? Okay. That, that touchdown throw, you know, right kind of towards the end of the second half. No, it was right at the, the beginning of the, of the No, it was right at the beginning of the like, Well, they're both at Patton. Yeah, but actually, I think it was right at the beginning of the second half where they, you know, because they put the bags on the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they came out and they threw that nice, you know, Patton was kind of, you know, a little OPI to get open, but eh, they were hand fighting. I think that was you even. Know, whatever. It was a great route, though. He got open. Yep, he was wide open. Yep. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great touchdown. I think the other one was good too. Just uh, him going up and fighting for the ball that was a nice. Touchdown. It was like uh, Zach Thomas laid an absolute lumber on Kevin Falk, which is yep. The football part of me appreciated that. That's fair. All right. So do you uh, have? A singular worst? There was a triple cover interception by Brady in the second in the first half of the second quarter where he just like was like ten yards. Like a just awful, awful, awful throw. Like what what do you think? I thought his other interception was worse. Yeah. In the fourth was, quarter, we got picked off at the Miami ten yard line. They're like, I don't know who that one's to. I, think I was it, like, it I don't know like either. Because that was a no, it was just a bad ball. You're Brady right, can't he can't throw the deep ball, right, Steve? <laughs> that wasn't even a deep ball. It was only like twenty it yards in the air. It was, it was bad. It, was, it, it should have been like either thirty or ten, and he threw it twenty. Steve, is it your whole like language and the way you talk about Brady now? It's very disappointing to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a noticeable change. I think. Uh, I think no, he deserved I, it in this I, game. I, I think it's disgusting. Brady played awful in this game. I will call it when I see it, you know? I'm always very uh, <laughs> honest. 
I still love Tom Brady. I hope he comes back. I still back. love him as well. I hope he, he doesn't get to play this season because the season doesn't get played and then he comes back to the Patriots. I agree. Craig, do you have any a best and worst? Uh, well, I didn't watch the game. We know. Is but, that a best uh, or a worst? I'm just looking through my notes. <laughs> looking through my notes here. Here's a here's a good quote I read about Ricky Williams. It said okay. some people some people say drugs ruined Ricky Williams' career, which is not true. Drug testing ruined his career. <laughs> uh, let's see. Worst. So that Terrell Davis bonus. <laughs> those four things he had to hit yeah he, he didn't hit a single one <laughs> no ever nope no <laughs> oh well i mean over so any so that was like a four-year span right yeah there's only five players since like the 80s four players that have ever hit it over any four span four-year span in their career <laughs> real davis obviously Barry right, Sanders, yeah. Emmett Smith, and Marshall Falk. Like, <laughs> it's basically like, hey, you got to be a Hall of Famer. You don't make any money. Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, he thought he would be, I guess. Yeah. Ran for 2,000 yards. Fuck it, right? Mm-hmm. How can it be? Yeah. He was also drafted by the Phillies. He's a two-sport athlete. No shit. Like all those dudes are. Yeah, apparently Dan Marino was. I saw something today about Dan Marino being um, – Oh, he went like 14-0 and 0 as a pitcher. And apparently yeah. well, his coach came to the mound to ask him, uh, you know, like he was in a jam or something. The coach came to the mound. He's like, so what are we going to do? He's like, well, you're going to shut up and I'm going to finish this sort of thing. Hell yeah. It, Dan Marino's kind of an asshole, apparently. It's like me. I'm like a field general in the midfield in soccer and I shoot like 87% from the line. Yeah, I don't think it's like you at all. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that, but no. You're right. I'm more of a three-sport athlete. <laughs> Dare I ask what that third sport is? No, dude, I'm sick of beer pong. I'll fucking <laughs> take. I'll take anybody at this party. Craig, we went like <laughs> one, two together. Uh, Literally, like beer pong moment, ago. Craig. I know you have one. My favorite beer pong moment. Yeah. Ooh. Guarantee you have. One. That's a good question. I have a favorite foosball moment. All right, let's hear it. Back when I had our old member, our old table we used to have. Yeah. I brought it with me to college, Mm -hmm. which was an amazing, amazing idea, by the way. Oh, I bet. Remember, I fit that in Chewy. I took all the poles out and fit that fucker in in the minivan, drove it down. Good Lord. And I was playing a ton, a ton. I was playing all the time. I got wicked good at it. And then Greg came to visit me at college, like maybe two years after I had it there. <laughs> and we were playing in my in that house, Greg, and I let him go up like eight to two. And I beat him ten eight. <laughs> <laughs> let him go up. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> it was like you got a couple of cheapy goals. I wasn't really trying. I wasn't like doing any of my moves yet. And then I yeah, came, the- like pulled it all out and I was like, yeah. This is the most brotherish story. Ever. Yeah, the fact that you're <laughs> so cel- you you practice for two years and you beat me by two goals. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted you to like you know like, you think you're top of the walk. You crushed your soul though. You crushed your hope. Yes. Yeah, it's worth it. I probably beat him the next game. Nope. Well, Greg, you what's your what's your best uh, 
your best beer pong story? I was just trying to think. I can't. There's nothing that really comes to mind. Well, well I remember one story of. You remember Stefan, Steve? Yeah. I, like he was like super blacked out playing beer pong, and I remember him like falling asleep with his sitting down with his face on the table, and someone like nudged him, and he just like wakes up and just like instinctively throws it, and it was like the last cup, and he got it in, <laughs> and then just like passed out again immediately. <laughs> It's like a corny oh, wow. fucking like '90s movie, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, for foosball, I had the hammer when I take it with my forwards and I pass it between them, tech, 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 and then I fucking spam. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Yo, the hammer got you again." Uh huh. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, Andy. This is bang, true. bang, bang. This is why I took so much pleasure in beating him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was saying that exact same thing. The hammers have been around for 10 years. He was yeah, saying the oh, same yeah. thing when we were playing. And I, I guarantee if you played him now, he'd still say it. Yeah. And then I did it. that move, you know, where you, instead of passing it in between your guys, you can just put it on like the guy's left foot and you just like do that little loop-de-loop with that same dude and get behind it and slam it in the corner. See, this is why you need a name for your move, Steve, because <laughs> no one knows what you're talking about. The loop-de-loop. I got it. Yeah. Dude. I named it. All right. Well, then you got to start consistently calling it the loop de loop. All right. Now let's call it the <laughs> Greg <not>. Beater. <laughs> oh, that's not even clever. It's pretty good. <laughs> Andy uh, likes fuck. it. All right. So, my my best and worst. We we really have avoided this game almost completely. That's how it should be. It yeah, was a good reason, I think. It was a it zero. Was if you came here thing. expecting us, like I don't know, you're a Dolphins fan. You came here expecting us to like actually talk about this game. You you're severely disappointed, and for that I say good. Oh, we, what? we talked about Ricky Williams. So that's any, well, any Dolphins fan listen to this for like some sort of karmic, whatever bullshit. Like they they got what they deserved. Yeah, I don't know um, that great story about Father's Day. So I will not part of the entertaining well, episode. My my best in this game came in garbage time, like Steve was talking about. Um, but he picked a different story, so I'm gonna pick this one. They went on probably a good two, three, maybe five minute um, conversation about Teddy Bruschi and how he plays the alto saxophone. Really? Yes. Yeah. So apparently, he played it in high school and was on the um, the varsity marching band, but then had to choose because he's also in varsity football. And he couldn't do both at the same time. He had to choose football or saxophone. And so he chose football, obviously, but still plays the saxophone. Why couldn't he just like run out there at halftime? Wouldn't that be sick in his uni? That oh, so you did watch the game because that's exactly what they said. Did he, did really? he play it wearing his cleats? <laughs> yeah. See, I could do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you remember? You're as, you're as bad as they are. <laughs> Ellie, used, our sister, used to do band. And they used to like band camp. And she used to oh. come back and be like, oh, band camp was so tough today. They made us march for like three hours. And I'd be like, <laughs> eat shit, Kelly. Okay, I'm a real athlete. Just came from fucking soccer yeah, practice. Like... <laughs> yeah, you yeah, call Kelly that? Kelly? Uh, I guess it's just, yeah. It's <laughs> just <laughs> second <laughs> nature now. Eat shit, eat shit, shit yeah. Kelly is just something second he says nature. so often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my worst in this game. Actually, I'm sure I, it was tough, though. They had to wear the, the big old get-ups and carry around tubas. Yeah. That yeah. description Dad put in the uh, Christmas letter about their march in the Macy's Day Parade was 
ridiculous. What was it? He called it like a freezing death march while like crack addicted New Yorkers sneered at him and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he has a way with words that one. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I found this stat interesting. It's not a best or a worst, but um, Tom Brady had a 66% completion percentage, which was the second highest behind Kurt Warner since 1970, which I'm guessing at this point has probably been broken. Because that doesn't seem very high. That's crazy. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Drew Brees's like career well, um, completion percentage is like seventy something percent. We don't talk about Drew Brees on this podcast, okay? <laughs> he apologized. He's uh he's, he's turning a corner. It's okay. Um, and then the other stat that I'm not I found, touch that one. <laughs> nope. We're moving on. The other stat that I found interesting was um, they showed a list of. Miami Dolphins most 100 yard rushing games in a season. And remember, right. this is make a quiz out of it. The trivia. This is week five, right? So okay. um, you won't get number one because I've never even heard of him. Um, right. Delvin Williams back in nope. 1978. Right. Uh, so Ricky Williams was tied for second. That, that guy had five in 1978. Ricky Williams tied for second with three other people. Can you name any of them? Are they within the last 20 years? Um, one is this. Two of these are kind of this sort of time frame. One was late 90s. One was 2000. And the J- other one was 1972. Oh. Larry Zonka is the 72. Yep. Correct. Um, Four. Late 90s, early 2000s. Dolphins running backs. Think of last season. They- I didn't watch that. Uh, I did watch the other game, but <laughs> think of he, he looked uh, exactly like Antoine Smith as well, and I brought it up every time that he was on the screen. Looked exactly like Antoine Smith. They even shared a last game. name. <laughs> no, they even shared a last name. Oh, well, having a, I don't remember Dolphins running backs. Lamar Smith back in oh, two thousand yeah. had really he's that old. Yeah. I thought he was more recent than that. Yeah, I thought he'd be out. And I don't think you'll get this one either. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1996. Holy shit, that's a name drop. Right? So all those, all those four players, including Ricky Williams, uh, had four 100-yard rushing games in a season. Uh, by the way, this is 2002, week five. <laughs> Basically, and he had- just run for his fourth 100-yard Game. Wow. So he did four and five games. Yeah. He had a great year. This is his best year as a. Yeah, he ran for like 1,800 yards this year. It was, it was yeah. crazy. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs this year? They do not. Nope. Who from the AC East made it? The New York Football Jets. Mm hmm. There's three way tie for first. And then the Bills were 8 and 8, too. Yeah. No, this was like, yeah, it was a real, a real tie. That's for tied for first. Yeah, that's why I hate yeah. Brett Favre. I hate Brett Favre because of the season. So we'll oh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get to this whole thing because it was like, it, it was like multiple tiebreakers at the end. Launched no. me my hatred. Of Brett. Uh, this is like, my no. defining moment of the season is if Brett Favre. It's not this season, Steve. Job, we would have been in the playoffs. It's not this season. It's the season they had with Castle that he did that. Really? Uh, right, Andy? I feel like I've hated Brett Favre forever, though. I think 
Brett, uh, I don't think it's Brett Favre. I think um, Chad Pennington had something to do with both of the times at the Patriots missed the playoffs. Yeah, the Brett Favre thing is when he, at the end of his career, when he was on the Jets. Yes. Yeah. And we needed him to beat like the Colts or something, and he couldn't uh, do it. I believe it was, I believe it was actually the Dolphins with um, Chad Pennington or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. That doesn't really no. sound like me rooting for the Jets, even if that means we get in the playoffs. That's what it ended up being, I think. Wow. And yeah, it wasn't great. I guess even desperate times call for desperate measures. I watched that game at your house, Andy. I don't know why I remember that. And there's something to do with a QB sneak that Favre couldn't get, and we're all like, oh, fucking asshole. That feels familiar. Yeah. Let me guess. Ryan Story was there. That fucking prick. (laughs) 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 He deserved it. Why do you hate Brett Favre? I think I never really really liked him, but then I hated him after that. I like him. That was like way early, and I've always hated him. Wranglers, real comfortable <laughs> jeans. He's <laughs> a back there. Dude, he is. He just like to have fun. Yeah, just playing backyard football. He, he's one of the best to ever do it. Okay. If he actually imagine if he had like Brady's work ethic. Oh God. Yeah. He would have been like the best quarterback that's ever lived. You could say that about a bunch of guys. Yeah, you could put that. You could say that about Ryan fucking Mallett. I don't know. He (laughs) Ryan Mallett had all the the physical tools. Ryan Leaf had all the physical tools. No, no, no. Approach the game like Tom Brady. Maybe they would have been. No, approach like how hard they worked. This is exactly yeah. Brett Favre same thing. No, Brett Favre. Brett Favre had way more natural skill than Ryan Mallett. He just didn't give a shit. He's like, for like Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he gave the least amount of shit about just like, you know, off-season workouts, that kind of thing. Maybe Big Ben. I'll throw Big Ben in there. (laughs) I was going to say. There's got to be somebody else. (laughs) Big Ben's a good candidate. Dude, Brett Favre showed up like 30 pounds overweight to his rookie season. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why he got traded from the Falcons? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was like a big part of it. Probably. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Big Ben, did you see that um, he is now unblocking people on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we've preemptively, from the Patriots Dynasty podcast, blocked Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should at first like just send him a picture of his own face. <laughs> see, see how he likes that because what is he gonna do block you for saying it's offensive no it's your face dude I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll unblock him unblock him send him a picture of the ugliest picture of his face that you can find and then all right so we may have to crowdsource him. this because i think there's a lot of ugly pictures of his face out there i know yeah okay next i wonder if we can get one where he's he shaved half his face yes and left the other half of the beard uh, I think that looks good. I think you'll see a lot of people doing that in the coming years. <laughs> Just like uh, the the other time I tried to start a trend with inside out t-shirts, that never took off. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was trying to piggyback the hipster thing of like, oh, I don't need like to show my brand. So I just yeah. turn all my t-shirts inside out. <laughs> and I was like, just you wait, guys. This is going to catch on. Never did. I'm no. still hoping you try to bring back the bowl cut again. No. Yeah. Nope. 
That's, Steve, you may have to spearhead that one. It's, uh, I think you're all buried deep. I think you're all sleeping on the uh, the the guy who was actually named um, class trendsetter in high school. You were what? Oh, nice. No, yeah. you weren't. No, you I, weren't. I have the uh, yearbook to prove it. Did they just give everybody an award or? <laughs> nope. <laughs> they did not. But this was the time where I was wearing that red spiky backpack in the hat. Yeah. So. Oh my God. I think it was more out of fear that I was going to be the Columbine kid more than Dude, I think people liked you, Andy. I don't know. More than you like. All right, let me rephrase that. I don't know why. Exactly. I was not a likable guy. Well, that's because you hate yourself. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I no longer do. I'm a beautiful, beautiful man. Hey, I love you too, Andy. I love you, spikes and all. I love you more than I love Steve. That's for sure. Have I ever told you that... um, my wife almost stopped dating me when she first saw the backpack. Why? She had to call her best friend and say, is it judgmental if I don't date him because of this? I hope she didn't see the hat then that matched yeah. it. <laughs> no, she hadn't seen that yet. <laughs> the backpack was sweet. Didn't you buy it in England? I believe I did, yeah. It was, uh, for those that don't know, it was like a red, um, almost like a, a latexy rubber yeah. uh, that had, it was a, just a regular backpack. And it, like had, a, it was like a thermoform, like shaping. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it just had like three inch red rubber spikes, spikes coming off of it. Yeah, right. Think Fucking like uh, the Ninja Turtles. I don't know. One of those bad guys had like a spiky shell back. That kind of that's, idea. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. And then you had a ski hat that was like almost identical. Yeah, it's like the what the snowboarders used to wear at the time, and it had yeah. a black hat with red spikes yeah. on it. Yeah. Did you wear that in metal class, band. Andy? Were you wearing the, the ski hat while you were sitting in class? I don't think I was allowed to. I had to take it off. I went in the, into the classroom. Dude, Liquid Fetus, the greatest rock band that ever was. <laughs> that, that never was, yeah. Talking about I'm pretty sure we may, have, we may have promised Mike that we wouldn't mention Liquid Fetus, but cat's out of yeah. the bag now. Yeah, talk about trend setting, you know? This naming, is what I mean. Naming your bands after... Blended up babies. <laughs> <laughs> and did care care to mention what the uh, debut album was titled? What was it titled? I don't even. <laughs> um, oh, it's called in, "In the Womb." In the Womb. Yeah. Well, did you have like the the future albums titled out? No, that was just one of the names of the songs that we. Uh, so you weren't gonna go. Oh, like, dude, d- second album, "Breaching the Canal." <laughs> <laughs> if there was a second album, we probably would have come to you for naming. <laughs> Third album Jesus. is in the blender. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Umbilical separation. <laughs> uh, no, by the third album, we're all acoustic anyway, so it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of bad football, my worst in this game, bringing it all back, was uh, the Pages tried their beloved direct snap to Kevin Falk, and uh, it didn't dude. fucking work. It didn't work. Oh, that's it how you didn't know work. it's a bad game. Yeah. Yeah. When that, that play, t- the staple. Bermuda yeah. Triangle, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Wasn't that right before he threw the worst pick maybe he's ever thrown to? I think it could have been, yeah. Uh, I thought I wrote down. Is this Dave Wanstead? It is, yeah. 
I who like him. actually did a decent job against Patriots. Yeah. Patriots are only five and four against him, against his coach played team. Twice a year, once a year in Miami. It's true. Crime. I actually but don't the average mind him sc- as an no, analyst. No, me neither. Yeah. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's an all right. Yeah. Coach. I don't know, but I remember seeing him and thinking, oh, that was all right, because usually all those guys are all jackasses, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, halftime show, old coaches are the worst. Oh, the worst, dude. How have they not figured that out? I don't know. Everyone hates them, you know? You don't even need anybody. Just show me, like, just binge me highlights from the rest of the game. Yeah. I mean, like, think about what happened to, like, Monday Night Football where they rotate through people because they just get murdered online. Why are we not doing the same for halftime? Yes. Those guys are even worse than Booger. Maybe they have, like, ironclad contracts or something. I don't get it. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. They should put us up there. They should put them on the Ricky Williams contract. Here's a big signing bonus. If you don't hit these incentives, Mm. you're fucked out. Now you're talking. They should just... Gotta make the Brown brothers laugh. Ooh, they should start with 17 people and then let the fans vote off one each time. <laughs> oh. Each week. That would be an absolute shit show. Wouldn't it be awesome? Like think of ideas like that. People would people would watch for that, right? Yeah. So I would I still think what they should do is what uh the Premier League did for a while in uh, English soccer, where they would have a, a very small booth. And in it, like, because in England, they had, like, a multitude of channels that was showing the same game. It was, like, a, a primetime game. And so you could switch each one. Like, one had, like, no commentary. And one had the regular commentary. And one would just, like, follow a certain player around the field for a certain amount of time and switch players. But one of them, every once in a while, was they would get a fan of each team and have them commentate the game together. Mm. And that was electric couple of daft cunts. Yeah, I imagine even just like do it with baseball. I know, baseball. but like I think Ratings part of the failing uh, part of the appeal is British people are just so funny. It's true, but I guarantee you could you could find some funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, U.S. I volunteer us to do it. <laughs> I, I think they have done that. Although, you know how like uh, Amazon Prime got some games last year. Oh yeah. yeah. They would they would have like six different announcers on the really? online stream, dude. I watched an entire Patriots game in Spanish. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Didn't know what they were saying, but I was loving it. Didn't matter. Yeah. I've heard it in German too. Yeah, I've seen some streams in German. That's actually been really good. Yeah, because you can like pick out random words, so you kind of know what they're talking about. Yeah, you can get the gist. Yeah, they're very excitable. Yeah, yeah, and you can see when they're getting excited. You can like hear it in their voices. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I used to uh, when I was playing like FIFA and stuff. I used to put the the commentary on Spanish. Yeah, or a different language. Just see if I would learn a different language. Spoiler alert! Did, did it did. work? <laughs> no. Uh, buenos tardes, mi no, amigos. Yeah. Esta Golazo. noche. Golazo. See. Gracias. All right. Um, what were you talking about? I interrupted you there. I don't think I was talking about anything. You had a Wanstead story you were saying. No, 
He's the same. Right. Oh, I was just going to say right. that uh, the the Patriots games when they played once that team, the average score was seventeen to seventeen, which seems pretty fucking even to me. Yeah, the fact they were five and four against them. So, so, oh, so if if you had to pick out one factor that's causing the Patriots to play so poorly in Miami, what do you think it is? I see it's the early season. They always suck in the early season. Plus the, the heat. heat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true because, oh, yeah, they always seem to, yeah. like, slowly ramp up the first four weeks. So if they play them in the first four weeks, that's not Usually. Good. I'd love to see the I, first, like, I guess, like, the Patriots record in Miami by month or by temperature, you know? So I bet as it gets early, like, that home field dissipates. I mean, at least in the Brady era. Clearly, you know you, you know where you can find that, Steve Brown? Um, that stats over storylines podcast. I bet they have it. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, go fuck yourself, Steve Brown.com. Oh, <laughs> if that exists right now, bend over and tuck your sack.com. <laughs> Wasn't that your wedding website, Greg? <laughs> well, the Patriots that was in. a good one, Andy. <laughs> the, I like the that Patriots one. in Miami. Neither of those. In September and October are five and four. So that blows your thing out of the water. So it's still not great. I want to hear mine. Where are they in December? Still a winning record. Uh, Hang on. Just December? Or November, December. In December, they are. (laughs) Oh, there's seven games. Anybody want to guess their their record? Seven and all. No. Five and four. One and six in December in Miami. No, the, the Pats are. The Patriots are. Since I guess it's not the Heat season. then. There is it, Steve. That oh, can't be I mean, I can see my theory. Away. Yeah, I think I I usually don't buy into these things with professionals, but I think it's like a mental, like confidence type thing. Yeah. Right. You just like I think going into games thinking you can win is like big towards beating the Patriots. Right. You saw it with the Ravens, and they would always True. come in and you'd be like, play them tough because you you got the feeling that they knew they could win those games. Whereas other teams yeah. would just be like, like the Bills, they just roll over and let the Pats rub their tummy, you know. And I think <laughs> once you get a couple strung together, where now it's a thing the media is talking about, yeah. and all the players hear that shit, and they're like, you know what? We can win this game. We always, we always win this game. Yeah. I think it doesn't matter what we've done the rest of the season. This is the game we always end up winning. Yeah, and you can say whatever you want in the media, but you un, deep down somewhere, I think it affects their play of like maybe they're not as aggressive, maybe the play calling slightly different, but I think that plays a factor. That's a that's a good point, Greg. Because if you think about the three worst games we've watched up to this point, is the two games in Miami and it's the one game in Denver. Yeah. yeah, true. By far, like the those three have been standout bad. The other ones have been at least closer. All that. Mm-hmm. I just cracked the code. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> it's not real. It's in your head. <laughs> uh, and on that note, <laughs> should we look forward to next weekend? Or next yeah, week. Next weekend. Oh, I was yeah. Say. Okay. Who, who we got Sunday? October 13th, 2002. This is at home, okay. thankfully, after two weeks on the road, versus the Green Bay Packers. 
Steve Brown's favorite quarterback coming to town. Really? This is correct. Let's be clear. He's not my least favorite quarterback. This is in Green Bay? No, it's at home. Wow. I have no recollection of this game. I don't either. Neither I might I. actually watch this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't. Well <laughs> alert. Wranglers. Real <laughs> comfortable. Jeans. Is it to tune in next week? Find out if Greg actually watched the game or not. <laughs> what else do you I had other homework. What was I gonna do? Uh something about the Dolphins win record at home, I think. Oh yes. Yep. I'll report on that. Okay. I hope so. I can't wait. All right. I can't either, Andy. I'm also very excited. Yeah, no, I, I look forward to that with bated breath. I, I'm sure you will come through and you will actually do the research and the homework and watch this football game all in a week. I have faith in you. Can't tell if you're fucking with me. That's the idea. <laughs> I, could, I could hear you smiling when you said that. I could hear your smile. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's more like a smile. Yeah. I know that. I know that fucking sound when I hear it. All right. I love you, boys. (laughs) See you later. See ya. See ya.